Hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 352 and session number 108 of Ask Scott. This is where I answer your questions here on the podcast. I do it every single Friday, and today is one of those days we're going to do it again. And uh, super happy to be here and super excited that you're here with me on this Friday, or depending on when you're listening to this. If you're listening to this on Monday, then happy Monday to you, or whatever day it is. All right, uh, really, really fired up today. Actually, today that I'm recording this, my father's on his way from Florida. Uh, he's going to be spending about 12 days with us, so I'm pretty excited about that. My son's birthday's coming up, going to be 19 years old. Cannot believe it. It just seems like yesterday that, uh, well... It was a little baby, a little kid, and it's just crazy how time flies, but I'm enjoying every single moment of it, and I think we all should be taking time to enjoy life and and uh, not necessarily always focusing on the business aspect, but I, I understand when you're in the grind, you, you got to kind of stay in the grind sometimes in order to get to where you want to be, but you always do need to, to sit back and, and kind of look around you and appreciate what you currently what you currently have, and I know sometimes it's really hard to do that, but I'm going to be doing that this next 12 days when my father's here uh, and I'm going to enjoy every uh, every day with him and uh, and with my kids and my my son's going to be coming back and visiting from college and hanging out with us for uh, about four or five days and uh, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. So really excited about that. So with that being said, I want to talk about what we're going to be talking about on today's episode, okay? We're going to be answering a question about pay-per-click budgets. We're going to be talking about product certifications, and we're also going to be talking about variations and some BSR confusion, all right? So that's the main topics that we're going to be talking about. If you guys want to ask a question here, all you have to do is head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash ask and do that. Just ask a question. Just do me a favor. Say your first name, where you're tuning in from, and then just a brief question, and I'll do my best to air it here on an upcoming show. I did want to remind you, the show notes can be found for this episode at theamazingseller.com forward slash 352, and you can get the transcripts, the show notes, and all the goodies over there, all right? Now, before we jump in, though, you guys always know I like to give you like my thoughts for the week or something that might have either inspired me or or kind of, you know, made me say, wow, we should really think about that. And uh, and today, it's actually something that was posted in my news feed, and I'm not even sure if it was in the TAS group or if it was just in my general news feed, but I seen it, and it really kind of struck a chord with me, and I'm like, you know, this is exactly what we should be thinking about. And the, uh, the little infographic or the little graphic that I seen said three ways to fail at everything in life. You may have seen this already. And if you did, you should probably print it out because it's, uh, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty important. And I think it makes a lot of sense. So three ways to fail at everything in life. Number one, complain about everything. Have you ever noticed that sometimes you just find yourself complaining? Well, it's just, I can't do it because, well, because I don't have enough time. Like, I just don't have enough time. I work too much or, I, you know, I don't have the advantages uh, like, like someone else does. Like, they already know how to set up a landing page and start getting email addresses or they already know how to do product research, so they've got an advantage, you know? So you're complaining. Like, do you ever notice yourself doing that? And don't be ashamed for doing it. We all do it. It's a way for us to feel as though, you know, the cards are stacked against us and that's why we're not successful, right? So... Understand that, you know, if you complain about everything, it's going to be a lot harder to succeed at anything in life. Number two, blame. 
Blame others for your problems. Again, very similar to complaining, you're now looking for someone else to blame or something else to blame, okay? And that could be like, well, yeah, uh, you know, my supplier screwed up and sent me the wrong sample and uh, I didn't do an inspection. I should have did an inspection, but they should have told me I should have got an inspection, right? Have you ever had like something like that happen? Not necessarily that example, but you understand what I'm saying. Finding a place to point the finger, that's, that's huge. I mean, in basketball, in baseball, in sports, football, you always find it where teams say, do not point blame. Do not look at someone and say, you screwed up and that's why we lost, or you screwed up and that's why we didn't score, right? Because it's going to happen, right? But there's going to come time that you are the one that actually might have made something happen uh, that, you know, maybe you didn't get the results because you screwed up and someone else was depending on you. In, 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 in any aspect of life, it doesn't just mean business, but we are relating this to business. Um, but again, that's blame. And then three, never be grateful. So what we mean by this is like thinking about what you are so grateful for right now. Like right now, take a second. There's got to be something that pops in your mind and you think to yourself, I am so grateful that I have this. And it can be the simplest thing. I'm so grateful that I have a voice, that I can actually speak I'm so grateful that I can hear. I mean, there's people that can't hear that are deaf. I, and I feel so bad for those people. But we don't think about that as ourselves. It's like how grateful we are to have these things that we take for granted every single day, right? I'm so grateful that I that I, I have kids, right? Some people struggle to have kids. I, I'm so grateful that I'm, I'm able to have three kids, healthy kids, uh, you know, so... There's things that we can think to ourselves that we're so grateful for that we don't even realize that we should be grateful for. The simplest things, like I said, I mean, some of those are big things like having kids, right? But I mean, the simplest thing, it could be like, I'm so grateful that I have a car, even though the car might not be the best car. It still gets me from point A to point B. I'm so grateful that I can have that. There's some people that don't have that, right? So there's a lot of things that we need to be grateful for, and I think if we do that, it also reminds us that, you know, we don't have it so bad. We're just trying to strive for something a little bit better, okay? So three ways to fail at everything in life is one, complain about everything. Two, blame others for your problems. And three, never be grateful. So think about those things. And uh, I'm telling you, if you can put that into perspective, it will definitely, definitely make a difference. And it's simple, right? It's simple. Just go out there, create the life that you want. You're in control. You're 100% in control. Yes, you're going to depend on people to help you maybe get things done. If you're sourcing a product, you're going to be relying on the supplier. You might be then uh, relying on the third-party inspection, but it's part of the process. If it doesn't work, then you figure out a way to make it work, right? You're still in control, all right? So just think about that, okay? Over the weekend or during the week, whenever you're listening to this, think about that, and you might even want to write that down. And actually, I will post this uh, this graphic inside of this blog post. So if you want to print it out, go for it. Print it out, stick it up on your uh, on your wall or somewhere near you every day. So this way here, it reminds you that uh, you know, you're in control and don't push blame and don't complain and uh, and be grateful. It's really simple. Those three things are huge. Huge. All right. So with all that being said, hopefully you guys are fired up. It's Friday or it's Monday or it's Wednesday, depending on when you're listening to this. Um, It's an exciting day because guess what? 
You got up this morning and you're able to do whatever you want, meaning you can go out there and build this business, okay? All right, I'm going to get off of this because every day should be a new day and you should be excited to be able to work on whatever you're working on. So with that all being said, let's go ahead and answer today's first question and I'll give you my answer. Let's do this. Let's dig in. Hi, Scott. This is April from Ohio. I have a quick question again for you. My question is about Amazon pay-per-click overall budgets. Um, When I first started and only had one product, my budget was uh, about $15 to $20 a day in Amazon pay-per-click for that one product. Um, Well, now fast forward 12 months, I have four products. And I'm just wondering what you would recommend for the overall budget of my pay-per-click campaigns. Um, so that's kind of the the one in the advertising settings where you set like the overall daily budget. Um, so if one product had $20 on it, you know, should four products have 80? That sounds really, really high to me. Um, but I'm just wondering your thoughts. Thanks, Scott. Bye-bye. Hey, April, thank you so much for the question, a repeat question, actually, or getting on the show two times, so congratulations for that, but it was a good question, and I haven't really answered this directly, I guess, so let's talk about that really quickly, and what April is talking about is like setting the main the main budget for your entire sponsored product ads you know, budget, okay, so you can set up individual campaigns, okay, for all of your different products, or even if you just wanted to do an automatic campaign and then maybe a manual campaign, like you can do all that stuff, but you also can set your your overall budget. So your overall budget would mean that you'll never spend over that. You're saying, Amazon, that's as much as I want to spend, even though I might set up, you know, two campaigns for $25 each and my budget's, you know, $50, I'm never going to go over that, Okay. Sometimes, even though you set your budget at $25 for the campaign, they've been known to go over a little bit, but if your main budget is capped, they'll go under, okay? And that's kind of been my experience. So going back to, well, you've got a few products and you're setting a, uh, a budget for those individual campaigns for $20 and you're like, and it's kind of scary to set your overall budget at 80, here's the question, is it profitable? Are you generating sales? Are you getting data? So to me, that's not expensive. I I say, you know, keep pushing as much as you can using sponsored product ads to collect the data, the search terms, and then from there, start to refine and trim some of the non-performing keywords and dial that all in. Honestly, $80 a day is not that much for a sponsored product ads uh, campaign or an overall budget. Um, you know, I've seen people go as high as $1,000 a day or more. Um, me personally, I'm around 250, depending if I'm doing like uh, some type of product launch inside of a campaign, um, I might go up as $500 a day. It doesn't mean I'm gonna spend that, it means I'm willing to spend up to that. Even though you set that budget, it does not mean that you'll, you'll go there, it just means that that's what you're willing and you're okay with spending. But just be careful with that. I always tell people when you are first starting, if you say the only, the most I want to spend in a day is 75 bucks, then set your overall campaign your your overall um, sponsored product ads uh, budget 
for that amount and then individually set your other accounts. Now, some people have said, if you have an overall budget of $200, but all of your campaigns added up collectively are over $200, then, you know, if they were to spend all of that, that could also uh, hinder the amount of reach and stuff that you're having on those campaigns. I don't have proof of that, but that's just what I've heard. Um, so what I would suggest though, is looking at your campaigns and making sure that your ACOS is where you want it, or at least it's, you know, if you're, if you're concerned about money spending there, you want to definitely keep an eye on that stuff. We did an entire, an entire free training. I believe it's like five, five days worth of pay-per-click training. Totally free. You can head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash PPC and you can get all that there. Uh, we break down just different strategies for using sponsored product ads and also how to determine when you have a winner, when you have a loser and kind of how to discover the real, I'm using air quotes, the real search terms, not just your keywords. We talk about broad match, phrase match, exact match, and um, you know how to create those those uh, campaigns and then those those ad groups and all of that stuff. So if you're at, at all interested in that, it's totally free. Um, head over there and check that out. We do use a tool that helps us manage that stuff now called Ignite, and that also is there if you wanted to check out that. There's a 30-day free trial. You can check that out as well. Um, if you want to go directly to that information, like I said, theamazingseller.com forward slash PPC. But again, going back to your question, just to wrap this up here for you, April, yes, um, you want to you want to give your overall budget enough so that way your campaigns can spend as much as they can spend. So this way here, you're not uh, you're not hindering the amount of impressions that you're getting and the amount of clicks that you're getting and all of that stuff. So you want to definitely keep an eye on that. And I would say. In the beginning, guys, when you're doing a product launch, pay-per-click is going to be one main driver for getting exposure to your products. And in the beginning, you know, and I've said this, Chris has said this, Chris Schaefer, that is, Dom Sugar has said this, like, we go in the negative a lot of times in the beginning just to get things rolling, all right? So again, if you guys want more information about that, we talk all about it in that free training. All right, so April, thanks for the question and good luck and keep me posted. All right, let's go ahead and listen to the next question and I'll give you my answer. Hey, Scott, how's it going, man? My name is Chris Heckman and I'm a private label seller myself. Uh, and I've been listening to your podcast for months and months now at this point. Big fan of all the stuff you're putting out. Uh, you're a huge inspiration to me. I listen to your listen to it just about every day on my way to work. So uh, thanks for being you and all that you do. Uh, but my question for you is, uh, I have a product that I believe that I needed to get certification to sell in the United States. But long story short is that it just came back as it failed the specific certification for being too magnetic or something along those lines. But uh, the weird part is that there are people who are selling the same product or similar product, not the exact same on Amazon. Uh, and it's pretty much the same thing that I'm selling, but I failed the certification. So my question for you is, do I really need to get certified? And if so, how do I go about finding which certifications and product warning labels do I need on my packaging? Uh, so if you could help me out with that, that'd be awesome. Thanks a lot, man. Hey, Chris, thank you so much for the question. It's a good one, by the way. And uh, yes, it's pretty important that you understand that stuff. And I believe what you're talking about is like certification, meaning like your product, if it's being sold in the United States or 
whatever, you know, country that you're in, there's going to be certain guidelines, FDA approvals, like stuff like that. Yes, you can, you can reach out to your manufacturer and ask them for their certifications. And if they already have been certified, then that will help you. Um, let me just say though, this is probably a question for an attorney or someone with liability insurance experience. Like that would probably be someone that I would reach out to and ask. Now, why are other people selling without or you know saying that they have certification or maybe without certification? That's just because they're doing it. I mean, you know, we can all, uh, you know, we can all sell uh, and not necessarily have that certification. Um, or we can sell a product that's patented, technically, right? But you know, we're going to get caught and we're going to get in trouble. The problem with your product uh, that you're trying to sell that that could be a major problem is if you have something that could harm someone, and then they come back and say, "Well, you weren't certified, so you're clearly in the wrong." Well, now you got major problems. So that's why I say like an attorney or someone that's dealt with liability insurance or that has that information that can guide you, I think that would be a good phone call. The one I'm going to give you is Michelle Love. Actually, I met her at one of our TIS Breakthrough Live events. She's actually a student of our PLC, but she's also a liability insurance broker, and she's been running you know, her business for over 20 years, I believe her and her husband. And uh, yeah, I mean, so she knows all about this, and liability insurance is something that she also offers, um, which I wasn't even aware of until after our event. Um, so I would listen to episode 293 or just go to... 293 episode 293 that is and reach out to Michelle she's very willing to uh to help anyone out that has any questions so I would definitely reach out to her because she does know a lot about that and she can tell you probably like what you will need or what to be aware of because uh you're gonna have to get liability insurance at some point too so that's gonna be a phone call anyway so that's where I would probably start um and then from there I would probably reach out to an attorney and uh and see about that and uh, you know, let them guide you. But the main thing is is understanding what you what is required, what you need to have, and then also what will help you be protected. As if anything or if anything was to happen, you're uh, you know you're definitely doing things by the rules. I would not look at it as far as like, well, on Amazon, there's already people selling in this category and they're technically you know they have all the certification, or maybe they don't have the certification and they're still selling. Don't look at that as that's an approval for you to do the same thing. Um, Like I said, there's people right now that are selling patented products that haven't been caught yet. And once they do, they could have $30,000 of inventory and then they're going to be, they're going to be sitting there, you know, uh, wondering how they're going to get rid of it. And that's a major issue. So you want to definitely be careful with anything with certifications or patents or any of that stuff. So hopefully this has been helpful. Thank you again for being a longtime listener, a fan of the show. I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, I, I want to just hear more from you in the future as far as an update. That would be awesome. And I would really appreciate that. And again, thanks for being a listener. So let's go ahead and listen to one more quick question. We'll uh, we'll go ahead and answer it. And then we'll, uh, we'll wrap this baby up so you can guys get on with your day, with your weekend, whatever time of the week it is, and uh, enjoy the rest of your day. All right, so let's go ahead and listen to the next question. Hey, Scott. How are you doing? My name is John from Dallas, Texas, and I have a question about variations. Um, I have a listing that I started uh, late last year. It's in the office products category, and there are four different colors. So I have them all listed uh, you know, with a parent-child relationship all on one listing. And one thing that I've noticed is the BSR 
for each individual SKU is different. Um, previous products that I have listed were in the clothing category. And with those, there's a single BSR that appears to be shared throughout the whole listing in every SKU uh, that is a child. So every sale that you get um, will contribute to that BSR uh, in the clothing category. But it seems like in this office products category that they're each individually uh, looked at and the BSR is is associated with each individual SKU. So it seems like I'm actually hurting myself by having this listing set up uh, as a variation because the sales are spread out amongst the four different colors and therefore I have I don't have as good as a BSR as I could. So I'm just wondering if uh, you've had any experience with that or have any information about uh, those two different types of variation listings uh, and the way the BSR is treated. So anyhow, hope you can answer my question. Thanks. Hey, John, thank you so much for the question. And this is a good question. And I've had people in the past ask me this question as far as like, well, why is the BSR bestseller rank? That is, if you guys are brand new listening to the show, like why is the BSR different for the red garlic press versus the blue garlic press. And that just means that there's more sales for the red than there is for the blue. Okay. Now this can also be an advantage for anyone that's doing any type of product research, because now we can specifically see what product or what variation is selling the best. Another way to see this is if you are searching for a standard garlic press, stainless steel garlic press, and the red one appears, that's most likely the one that's selling the most. So that's, if you're in product research, that's something that you want to pay attention to as well. For you, John, that's selling these four different variations under this parent listing, and you want to say, and and you want to know like, well, you know, I got one product that's got a BSR that's higher and I got one that's lower and that's hurting my other ones. It's not necessarily hurting anything. If anything, all of those are feeding that one listing. Yes, you're going to have one that's doing better uh, than than the others because it's more popular and that's fine. That's still going to take the overall parent and rank it. The other ones are just other variations that could also rank a little bit further down the list and that's fine. So I don't look at it like you are hurting yourself. If anything, you're giving people more choices, which in some cases is a great thing because now people that wouldn't have bought because you didn't have a blue one bought. So then that helps you and it also will allow you to then feed that listing with reviews because now you have other people buying it that might not have bought it before because you have another color that wasn't available. So I don't look at it as though you're getting a disadvantage. If anything, you're getting more advantages than disadvantage. Um, So I wouldn't worry about that. And if you guys are selling in a category that everything is grouped under one, it's pretty much just the way that the category has been set up and formatted. I don't know why they do this, but they do. And for example, like in home and kitchen, if you were selling a garlic press, that's what it would be. A variation would come, you know, basically with different BSRs, um, you know, bestseller ranks. But at this point, I really wouldn't worry about that. Uh, Because again, like I said, if you're selling a whole bunch of the red and you're doing really well with that, but you have blue, yellow, and green, that's okay. Even if those don't have that grade of BSRs, because it's still feeding the main parent listing. 
So hopefully that makes sense. I wouldn't get too hung up on that. I would just look at your overall sales. Like how many sales are you getting? You know, it's like if you have one that's getting you 10 units a day, you have the blue one that's getting you, you know, five a day, and then the yellow one's getting you one a day, and then you have a green one that's getting you one a day. Collectively, you're selling, you know, wow, I just did all that math. What is it, 17? Like 10, five, one, and one? Is that right? So, you know, so I mean, it's not a bad thing. It's just you're widening your net because you're adding more variations under that parent and then that parent will share all the reviews and it will technically share in a sense the BSR or the sales because that's going to help you rank but the one that's getting the most sales will be the one that will be more or less on the cover right it'll be the one that people see when they're searching for that but now if someone searches for blue stainless steel garlic press your blue one will most likely come up because it's you know, it's got the keywords right in it and, uh, and it's optimized for the, the, the blue version versus the red. Um, but if someone comes in and just looks for a stainless steel garlic press and they, they happen to see that there's a red one that's listed and then they go into the listing and they happen to buy the blue one, well, that's fine. You're still going to get credit for the blue one. Don't look at it like individually you're competing against each other. If anything, you're just adding more to the parent. Uh, so I wouldn't worry about it. I think it's awesome that you have four SKUs under one parent. I think that's a great advantage for you. And, uh, and I think you'll pick up additional sales because you give those extra, uh, features because not everyone likes red, not everyone likes blue, not everyone likes yellow and not everyone likes green, right? So you're going to be able to, um, you know, fit a wider audience, but with that same specific thing. So hopefully that makes sense. Hopefully that helps. And uh, yeah, anyone else that's looking at product research, definitely pay attention to the one that's showing up. If you're doing a search for that stainless steel garlic press and the red one happens to come up every time you search for it, that's most likely the, the one that's, that's selling the most. And then, then you can kind of decide which one you want to sell starting because a lot of people say, well, Scott, there's four of them I can sell. Which one do I want to start with? Do I want to do them all? But if I do them all, that's a lot of SKUs to start with. I only want to start with one. I'd start with the main one that you think is going to, to uh, have the most um, searches for and the most purchases for. I'm actually doing something very similar to this in a brand that we're just starting right now. And there's, uh, there's one parent that we have two different colors and we basically did exactly this. We found the ones that were selling the most in that certain color and then we add in a second color so we're only starting with two colors even though we know there's two other colors there's probably four colors total um, that we could launch but we're starting with the top two and then we'll add variations to that as we move forward and kind of get a little bit more intelligence all right so that is pretty much going to wrap up that question and this ask scott session this is pretty much going to wrap everything up i want to remind you guys about the three ways to fail that everything in life if you guys didn't listen to the beginning of this and you just fast forwarded shame on you you should have listened to the whole thing there's a good lesson in the beginning of this episode but definitely check that out head over to the show notes page as well and i'll have that graphic there for you you can print it out i think you should i think you should look at that and really think about that and then all the show notes the transcripts can be found on the show notes page as well at theamazingseller.com forward slash 352 and the other thing is I would love for you to ask your own question. Head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash ask, and you can do that. Leave your first name, a brief question, and I'll do my best to air it here on an upcoming show. All right, guys, that's it. Officially, we are wrapped up. Go out there and enjoy the day. Remember, as always, I'm here for you. I believe in you, and I'm rooting for you, but you have to. You have to. Come on, say it with me. Say it loud. Say it proud. Say it with some energy. Take 
action. Have an awesome, amazing day, and I'll see you right back here on the next episode. 